Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Publish This Over Lunch with Woodhall Press. I'm David Legere speaking with horror writer Amanda Headley. Uh, with a love of scary stories and folklore, Amanda spent her entire life crafting works of dark fiction. She has a fascination with the emotion of fear and believes it is the first emotion humans feel at the moment they are born. Most of her work focuses on dark fiction associated with folklore and cosmic horror. The fear of humanity's insignificance in the vastness of the universe intrigues her. You can find Amanda on her website at amandaheadley.com. That's Amanda, H-E-A-D-L-E-E.com. And, uh, and uh, Instagram and Twitter at Amanda Headley and thehorrortree.com. <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, thank you for being here today. Thanks, Dave. How are you? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So let's, uh, something I'm, I'm kind of asking a lot of people and I'm curious about is what are the recent literary trends that are exciting you the most right now as a writer? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's kind of interesting, obviously, with the pandemic and what it's doing for the horror genre. Um, honestly, I think a lot of people are really becoming drawn to the genre as a form of, of escapism from reality, essentially. Um, I've been hearing from a lot of um, my contemporaries that they are seeing um, an upsurge in their books. I mean, I know across the board, a lot of authors are seeing an upsurge because you know, you're at home and a lot of people are writing, but specifically within horror, it seems like more and more people who didn't read horror before are starting to now. Well, fascinating. As a form of escapism. So, yeah, uh, so I'm really interested in that. Also, um, the genre is kind of cyclical where um, I feel like, and I've talked about this before with some people um, and on some blog posts where we're kind of like in this movement of monsters. Um, wow. Back in the eighties, it was slashers. The nineties, it was vampires. Zombies were like the early two thousands and mm -hmm. kind of leading up until probably like uh, the mid around 2014, 2015. And then we started getting into monsters. And so like now's kind of the perfect time for my book to be coming out because it's about monsters. Um, yeah. So we're kind of in that spell right now where there's a trend in monsters and also the Wendigo is going to be the it monster it seems this year, which is mm -hmm. kind of what my book touches upon as well. So um, <laughs> just putting that plug in there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to watch the, the cycle of the genre move through all these different kind of themes and focuses with, um, you know, whatever's going to murder people is changing every 10 years. It seems like <laughs> um, I might be biased because I, you know, I am actually uh, full disclosure publishing Amanda, right. Till we become monsters. Uh, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's actually on sale this June, uh, wherever books are sold. And if anybody's interested in, uh, reviews or anything, uh, contact us, David at .com, and we can we have uh, digital arcs available uh, for anybody that wants to to feel the fear. So, uh, kind of getting into this though, I, you know, you're one of the you know, I love horror. I've been reading horror uh, for years. I love watching horror. Um, yeah, I haven't published a lot of horror, which is why one of the reasons I, I got very excited when I came across your your script and your, your package as a writer because you just seem to to get it. Uh, modern horror in a way that uh, a lot of writers don't necessarily grasp. So you're like, I almost say like you're a classic horror writer while still envisioning what horror uh, means today. Uh, so I'm curious, what does the, the horror genre mean to you and uh, why do you do it? <laughs> so 
horror to me essentially is exposing what you fear. So it's, it's kind of like pulling people into what terrifies them and it kind of helps them to cope with it um, by putting them in those situations to help them overcome. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I, I like about the genre is it, it's kind of making us face our fears essentially um, and, and just kind of putting you in there to try to figure out, okay, how am I going to overcome this situation? And I know it's, it's like, not you specifically in the book while you're reading it, but you're, you're moving along with your main characters in how they're getting over their fears. While at the same time, I, I feel like readers kind of glean from that and kind of put stuff into their own perspective of life that kind of helps them to get over it. So that's why I like to write it is to like kind of help people in that way. If you want to, if you can say that about the horror genre, um, it, you know, I, I feel it helps to like kind of pinpoint these truths to kind of yeah. help people get over stuff but you know and the, and the other side of that is like i just really like to scare the hell out of people so <laughs> thanks <laughs> well and, and that's 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 it right it's like you know i think i think of um you know i grew up reading stephen king and you know stephen king uh his books have these characters that just resonate right it's this it's deep it's powerful anybody who says like stephen king isn't like a, a literary writer is just, it's crazy to me, you know, like he's a literary writer, but those literary books uh, scare the crap out of you. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember, you know, reading like Salem's Lot and just being like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I want to hear then more about Till We Become Monsters. I mean, I know uh, what it's about, but for people listening right now, tell us, you know, what kind of first a little bit of backstory about what the book is uh, is about, and then also what kind of research goes into writing a horror novel, and you know, kind of where you find your beta readers. Like, how did you? Sort of multiple questions. But let's just start with uh, what's your book about. So, uh, what the book's about, without giving any spoilers, is it's it's looking at sibling rivalry, um, and and seeing what happens a sibling rivalry when it's left up unchecked throughout life you know when 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 two siblings if they're not getting along and just you know kind of letting them go through life and not controlling things you know the parents not controlling things in that nature so it's following that but then it also goes a little bit deeper into the aspects of nature versus nurture so is mm -hmm. evil born or is it made um so it, it's kind of combining that sibling rivalry with okay how are these two characters which I'm trying not to give anything away. How are these two characters growing in their lives? And, you know, is, is how they're brought up creating them to be the people that they are, or were they always born that way? Mm. Um, at a, on another face of that is um, it, it, it really intrigues me how like a lot of people kind of like hide behind masks. You know, I, I try to be someone where I am who I am but I know a lot of people, you know, they're, they're either shy or they just hide behind masks and they put a different persona out there. So what this story is also about is getting to understand and know someone, know the person behind the mask, because some people aren't always who you think they are. So it's taking the time to learn that person. So, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to talk about a book without giving spoilers. Um, <laughs> but uh, those are kind of like the three themes that the book kind of looks at there. You know, as you're saying this, it's you know, making me think of it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of psychology, right? Like Carl Jung's archetypes, the faces that we wear. Uh, you know, like we present to the world one face and in different crowds. Like, you know, this is the face right now, Amanda Headley, the writer, 
right? And then there's like Amanda Headley, the daughter. You know, there's, it's, it's fascinating. And I was actually just talking to my students yesterday, in fact, about uh, A Good Man is Hard to Find, right? By, uh, yeah, I love that. And that one line, it's like, you know, she would have been a good woman if there had been somebody there to shoot her every minute of her life. And it's this idea, you know, are we inherently born wicked? Or are we inherently born uh, good and it's just outside temptations? Or are we born a blank slate? And it's that whole nature versus nurture. Uh, and I, in fact, I, what I told my students is I have no answers. <laughs> I just have questions to, to make you uncomfortable and uh, yep. think about things. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's what I say, too. It's like I just put the question out there and then let you try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, that's the... The, the premise, basically, you know, we've got the, the horror story. It makes me think of my two younger brothers, uh, a year apart, a year a day, and a month apart, born. And they're essentially like those twins locked uh, at each other sometimes, right? Like it's just, uh, so in some way, and without giving any spoilers, you get that sibling rivalry. But I'm curious, what kind of research goes into writing a horror novel? I, I want to do one. Like, what do I do? Uh, so... <laughs> I'm one of those, uh, like, there's a trend out there where a lot of readers out there are calling authors out for fake news, whether mm. it's even, even in fiction. And so um, I kind of got really paranoid about that. So I literally researched everything in my novel, even down to, like, there's a scene where there's a hockey game on the TV. And I had to figure out what day that scene was taking place. And I went and researched what hockey games were going on. And... <coughs> It just, it was like, it was a bit neurotic. Um, but, you know, it's its like, I just wanted to make sure I had everything down right, even to the weather and things of that nature. Now, there are some, because it is fiction, there were some liberties taken, but um, I i really delve into like the research of just trying to figure out what, what's going on in those scenes and is, can it be factually true? But then also on the other aspect, what you're just talking about there with like psychology and that, um, there's a, a the Wendigo psychosis is something that I read a lot about because my book kind of uh, looks at that psychosis and um, kind of the monsters that come and are born from that psychosis. So I did a lot of research in that um, and some other uh, different kind of um, issue mental issues of that nature um to kind of help strengthen um the psychological effects that are going on in the book and that some of the people are experiencing at Reese, you know it's funny when you talk about the research i remember years ago a book cover where a reader was upset because it was the book was uh yeah it's been so long but the general sense was that the book title uh versus the cover didn't quite match because the cover showed a night sky. But that reader went to the liberty of, of researching the night sky, what it looked like that night at that location. And then they contacted uh, the publisher to say, that cover is not accurate to the night sky of the title that book is alluding to. And it was like, yeah, your average reader won't, but you know what? We write for uh, those readers that will take the liberty of looking up the night sky at that moment uh, in time. Uh, which <laughs> I remember that was a moment for me, a learning experience where don't take anything for granted in publishing. Yep. Assume there's going to be that person that looks up the night sky at that exact location and year and say, that's not correct. 
Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, that's I, like, I keep always trying to put my fiction hat on, but that's the kind of person I am too. Cause I'm like, well, did that really happen on that day? And I'll go look it up and it's like, it's fiction. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now I'm curious. So now you, you've got the, the idea you you're writing this book. It's going great. Like, I'm curious, where do you find like beta readers, right? That's something that a lot of writers um, are curious about. Like, where do you find the people to read your book? Um, so I, I did lean a lot um, I, on my friends who are horror authors, um, just for that aspect of the book being in that genre to get their feedback. Um, but I also reached out to friends who aren't in that genre. Like I have these two friends, one's a romance author and the other's an erotica author. And um, I, I, everything I put out there, they seem terrified by. So I, I, put, I floated this book past them, which originally the book started as a short story and they were terrified of the short story. So I thought, perfect, I'm gonna have them read the book. And surprisingly, the very, very original draft of the book, they were like, eh, it's okay. So all their feedback, you know, it, it was perfect. It's what I needed because yeah. those like horror authors, it's hard to scare horror authors, but mm. people who aren't in the genre, it's, it's easier. And if they aren't scared by it, then I got to do some more work. So their feedback <laughs> was extremely helpful. Um, and then I have some friends who are brutally honest with me and I know I can trust. So I usually give them stuff to read um, and then uh, just writing critique groups. So I have a groups I'm a part of. And so there's a few people I trust there that I will give them some stuff to read. So I try to pluck people from different areas so that I have a nice varied group of beta readers. Yeah. You know, the, the, the beta readers, I've been, I've been pushing this more and more because I think so often as writers, we, we, we get caught up in our own head and it becomes this solitary experience, which in many ways it is, but the, next step isn't a solitary experience, right? Becoming a published uh, writer, like right now, you're on this, um, you know, podcast, we're, we're speaking together. So this is the, the, the first, right, of your career as a writer. And it's like, it's no longer the solitary experience. So getting the beta readers, that outside feedback, I think it's a really good step on the path as a writer to becoming the published writer that's okay letting you know, millions of people uh, read your book. <laughs> Not like it, maybe, or love it. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely not like the act of the writing is solitary, but anything outside of that is not. Like, it's yeah. definitely, and that's something I learned a lot through this experience over the past 10 years of growing as a writer is like I initially started <clears throat> in my own little dark cave and I just like kept to myself. And I really had to pull myself out and start to like uh, grow my group of beta readers and grow my writing friends and my author friends and all that because we're, we're really all in this together and we're here to support each other. So um, yeah. I've I, I really grown in that area. I feel like in becoming more involved in the writing community over the past few years and like I'm just seeing how, you know, we really all help each other get through all this. Yeah. It's that support in, in the community is, uh, is critical. And I've been seeing, you know, the most successful authors and even just businesses, everybody's coming together now and supporting one another. Because you try to do it on your own, you go your own path, uh, you may succeed, but a lot of times, you know, it's a harder path. Whereas if you can come together and support one another, it's still a hard path, but maybe it feels a little more fun. 
<laughs> it's a little, maybe it's a little less hard. I don't know. Uh, but it's certainly a, a, a better path, I think. But I, so I'm curious, uh, how has your journey, you're a horror writer. How has your journey as a writer been shaped by your experiences, right? Like, how do you, like, in, uh, where does the mind go? This is probably Stephen King gets at this question all the time, right? Like, wh where do you come up with your experience? <laughs> um, it just, uh, it, it's just always where my mind has always gone. Um, I've just always thought, I don't want to say I've always thought dark things, but it's <laughs> like I've always thought of, I, I look at situations and I'm like, oh, well, what if this happened instead of that? And, you know, always put a weird dark spin on it. Um, you know, my mother always looks at me and goes, I have no idea where you came from um, because I'm definitely not like the rest of my family in the way I think. But, um, you know, it's just, that's just always been the mindset that I've had is just always, I, I don't want to say looking at the bad of life, but like putting the dark, darker perspective on it just to show, hey, guys, this is what could also happen. So maybe we should prepare for it. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I, honestly, I think that's what zombies do. Zombies uh, kind of say, hey, guys, pandemics could be coming. We should probably work together to um, overcome that where, you know, if you see like the walking dead and things of that nature, everyone kind of silos themselves and the whole world's falling apart where, yeah. you know, so, so that's kind of where my head goes in that respect. But, you know, it's also just life experiences just kind of influence a lot. Um, you know, we all have bad experiences in our lives. So I try to um, feel mm. those emotions of stuff that I go through and remember them because then it helps to influence my writing. And actually it's, it's very cathartic to, you know, you go through bad stuff and then you, you write about it, whether it sees the light of day or not, you still just write it down. And it's, it's just, it's a healing exercise as well. So. That's what I was wondering, if, you know, as you're speaking, I was thinking, is this, you know, cathartic, right? Is it, it, a lot of people, the act of writing is, is a healing experience. So, you know, a lot of times we, we write out these things and, uh, you know, even yesterday I was writing like, you know, I keep the journal, right? Like, right. And just kind of, jot down your thoughts for the day. I was like, I was feeling appreciative. And I was like writing down some of these moments because yeah, you might not use this material for writing in the future for or novels or whatever, but it's still cathartic to get the writing down. So I encourage anybody actually who's listening to this, maybe you're not an active uh, writer. Maybe you're not, you know, even working on a book or anything, but just start with a journal, just like a little notebook every day, you know, jot down, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. It can even just be like one line. I do, I'm a big fan of the one line. That's my journal entry for the day. Just one line uh, and it helps. It's very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it, it's nice, like, when you are going through bad stuff, like, 10 years later mm -hmm. to go back through and reread it and go, wow, I got through that. Yeah. So that's such a great feeling as well, too. So. Yeah. 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 I highly uh, so, encourage journaling. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and, and even, um, I, I, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, I keep a, a notebook and every day I like to write down my, I have six goals and every day I write down my six goals uh, and it's just a way to kind of, it's a contract with myself, right? To keep working towards those goals and just the act of even physically writing uh, is like, there's something about that, the rhythm Everyday writing this becomes more to me. Like it almost takes on a greater significance. Uh, it does. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, 
<laughs> I'm curious. Um, oops, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, all right, uh, three things I've been asking sort of everybody since this began. Uh, the first one is coffee or tea? I'm definitely a tea person. I, I would like coffee, but um, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. I just like tea better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we're constantly, we're always changing, right? And I was devout coffee. When this podcast started, I was like, coffee. And um, these days, I've been going tea. And it's the weirdest thing. I don't know why. Just one day, I was like, you know what? I think I would like a little bit of change. So now I've been doing a little bit of tea. Then I go back to coffee. It's uh, the tea lately. I can appreciate uh, the doing it. Yep. <laughs> I always have my morning cup. <laughs> All right. So what gets you that morning cup? What gets you out of bed, right? Each day, do you have a quote, a motto, a song? What inspires you as a writer uh, to seize the day? <laughs> um, so I, I have a quote, and it's it's usually something I say to myself, like if I'm laying in bed, I try to get up at like 5, 5.30 every morning. And if it's one of those mornings where I don't want to get up, like I just tell myself this quote is you're always one choice away from a completely different life. Um, and that kind of like gets me out of bed because um, I like to write in the morning because then I have the rest of the day to like think about stuff. Um, so if I don't get up and make that choice to write in the morning, I'm not changing my life. So that's, that's kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I am so impressed that you are a functioning in the morning. Never mind writing. In I would the morning. say functioning, but yeah. it's, I'm, a, I'm at least like semi-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I've been teaching eight a.m.s, and I got to tell you, my students and I all have like a, a mutual look at one another, where we're just like, whew, like bringing that energy early in the morning. Like I couldn't even imagine trying to uh, to write though. I, I like, I, it's like those people that go to the gym early in the morning. I'm just so <laughs> envious of, of you all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, though sometimes it doesn't work because it'll be like in the evening after I'm done working for the day. Um, cause I, I do have a full time job. I'll go back and reread what I've written sometimes in the morning. I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? Was I having, <laughs> was I asleep when I wrote this? This makes no sense. <laughs> all right. Um, so finally, do you have any, you know, like a parting tip or advice, anybody listening right now that you want them to to remember? What do you got? Um, so I guess just kind of tailing on to what we were talking about earlier about the writing community and, you know, all of us in it for each other to help each other succeed and all that. And, you know, that that's great. We should all support each other, but don't ever give up your own dreams for someone else. You know, you are number one. So, you know, keep helping others but make sure you're accomplishing your dreams first oh i like that you know it gets into that this is all a race and there can only be one winner that's yes. all that's, there is that like sense of community that you're referencing but then there is also the sense that this is a business yeah. and you are selling a book and if somebody buys somebody else's book versus your book well that's one less book that also that you've sold uh -huh. and sometimes we do put other people's dreams in front of our own help somebody else publish their book instead of working on our own book helping somebody else do this instead so fascinating you you, you end with that note because i hadn't even been thinking of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been a cycle i've been pulled into where i tend to like focus on other people's work versus my own and now i'm like okay 
you know, ever since the ball started rolling on this book, I'm like, ooh, I, I got to focus over here for a little bit. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I can get behind that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, be sure to thank you for, for, for being here today. And everybody, everybody listening, please be sure to check out Amanda at amandahedley.com. Uh, also on social media with at Amanda Headley, right? Instagram, Twitter, all those things. And thehorrortree.com. And if you have any questions, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, anything at all, please email me at david at woodhallpress.com. Uh, thank you again for being here today. Yep. No, thanks, Dave. Have a good day. You too. See ya. Thanks. Bye.